Welcome to the Climate Book Review. The Climate Book Review is a radio show and podcast featuring book reviews, author interviews, and reading lists for fiction, nonfiction, and poetry with climate themes. Climate Book Review airs every Friday at 10.30 a.m. Central here on WDBX 91.1 FM, solar-powered community radio for Southern Illinois. You can also find the show online at WDBX.org, climatebookreview.com, and on your favorite podcast app or site. That is still in process since this is our first episode. <laughs> the Climate Book Review is hosted by Treesong. That's me. The two main segments of the show are the Climate Book of the Week and the Climate Reading List of the Week. If you have suggestions for the show, please send them to info at climatebookreview.com. This week's Climate Book of the Week is Termination Shock by Neil Stevenson. Uh, now, I'm still working on getting author guests on here to do interviews. Uh, in the meantime, we will be doing reviews of the books. Um, and we will probably alternate between author interviews and reviews, depending on uh, which authors are available and which reviews we have available. So if the author would like to be a guest in a future episode of the Climate Book Review, I'd be more than happy to have them. In the meantime, we can go ahead and go with uh, my review of this book. So this book caught my attention because of a few reasons. It's a famous author. He's had stuff adapted to uh, film previously. And uh, this, I feel like this would be a prime candidate for adaptation to uh, you know, TV or film as well. And it's also just explore such interesting themes related to uh, the, the climate crisis and its solutions. So what would happen if a rogue Texas billionaire launched a massive solar geoengineering project without any international negotiations or government approval. This is the basic premise of Termination Shock, a novel by Neil Stevenson, best-selling author of Snow Crash and many other works of speculative fiction. Termination Shock starts with one of the most memorable opening chapters in climate fiction, a hair-raising scene where the Queen of the Netherlands crash lands an airplane due to the sudden appearance of an utterly ridiculous and unexpected obstacle on the runway. The situation is so absurd that it strains belief. But the author's vivid descriptions before, during, and after the scene are fascinating and compelling enough to inspire readers to suspend disbelief and keep reading. 
The opening chapter does a good job of establishing the overall tone and larger-than-life character of the novel. The Queen of the Netherlands, a Texas billionaire, a self-employed Comanche veteran, a Punjabi Canadian Sikh martial artist, and a mysterious Chinese intelligence operative all become key players in this increasingly global struggle to determine if, when, where, and how solar geoengineering will be implemented as a response to the climate crisis. Now, if you do not know, this is, a, this is work of fiction, but these are questions that are being grappled with in real life uh, at times. I, it comes up in the news every now and then. Someone new proposing to do this exact uh, approach. A Texas billionaire named T.R. Schmidt gets the ball rolling by secretly starting a massive project to inject sulfur into the stratosphere, directly above his secluded Texas ranch. Once the project launches and goes public, it becomes clear that any rogue actor with enough cash can do the same. That's one interesting meta aspect of this book is that, you know, it becomes clear in the book, but also by reading the book, it becomes clear to us, the reader, that this could happen in real life. This may seem like a good thing at first glance. Injecting massive quantities of sulfur into the stratosphere is a relatively cheap and easy way to counteract the effects of global warming caused by anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions. But there's a catch, and it's a big one. Solar geoengineering affects weather patterns in ways that will be helpful to some nations and economies, but harmful to others. The project will also lead to a sudden and disastrous reversal of the warming reductions, called termination shock, if the sulfur injections slow or stop for any reason. In other words, once you start injecting the sulfur and receiving the benefits of that, if you stop, the warming will suddenly bounce back. Termination shock. The exact details of where and how the solar geoengineering scheme is implemented determine who profits and who loses. This leads to a growing cast of governmental and non-governmental actors uh, to intervene in the solar geoengineering playing field, either by supporting Schmidt or by opposing him and advancing their own competing projects. Termination Shock is a remarkable work of climate fiction. The outlandish, larger-than-life characters in action keep the narrative exciting and engaging, sustaining a strong and suspenseful pace, even through the moments that are more focused on detailed descriptions and character development uh, than the high-stakes action. In turn, the skillful descriptions and serious social ec economic issues at play help ground the more cartoonish elements of the plot and characters. The result is a novel that is at once an entertaining whirlwind of a tall tale and a deeply serious commentary on, on solar geoengineering, climate change, economics, politics, culture, and related issues. And I've got to say that is a hard thing to pull off, in my opinion, to have it be both this serious commentary that explores the issue of solar geoengineering uh, but also have all of these fun, interesting, colorful elements to the characters and plot. They managed to put it all into one novel. The one obvious shortcoming of this novel is also arguably its greatest strength. None of the main characters or their actions really offer the reader any particularly palatable or ethical solutions to the climate crisis or to the question of solar geoengineering. It's all just a bunch of powerful players running around acting in their own economic and political interests, with little or no regard for public input 
or operating from an ethical, ethical perspective beyond narrow self-interest. But that's as it should be. It fits the purposes of the novel. Termination Shock isn't a utopian tale of how to respond to the climate crisis. It's a thoroughly entertaining, dramatic, and engaging novel about a variety of larger-than-life characters acting primarily from a place of self-interest and self-absorption, either at the individual level or at the level of pursuing national self-interests at the expense of other nations. And for better or worse, that makes for some very salient and insightful commentary on the state of the real world's response to solar geoengineering and the climate crisis in general. All the big players are in it to get their slice of the pie, rather than act in the public interest in pursuit of climate solutions. Termination Shock does an excellent job of exploring and critiquing that reality while telling an entertaining tale. What, if anything, we can do about the problem is left for the reader to decide. time for the climate reading list of the week. This week's climate reading list of the week is free climate change books. So we're going to have a lot of different themes for reading lists on this show. Um, there are, there'll be different topics within climate change, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. There will be different, uh, you know, authors may be a subject of a reading list, that sort of thing. But we're starting with this one, free climate change books, uh, just because, I mean, I am so fond of some of these books. And also, this is a little different than what you might expect, because um, 
I would say that a lot of the books that I get about climate change are free because I get them from the library and they, they are paid for by the library. And so we should support our local libraries. They provide such a wonderful service to the community. I, I couldn't have read half as many climate change books as I have without the library. But what's different about some of these books is that most of them are actually not available in the library because they are free online books that you can read about climate change. And in this case, they are uh, mostly works of fiction. Uh, there's a lot of free information about climate change out there on the internet, <laughs> some of it good. Uh, but this is a reading list of books that are uh, with climate themes uh, that are free to the reader. And I wanted to share them both because of that aspect of being free and because they just have such interesting quality climate fiction in some of these. So the first couple are from uh, a series of collections that are based on climate fiction contests. The first one is Everything Change, an anthology of climate fiction. Edited, yeah, we've got the editors here, a whole list of editors and contributors. It's long because there it was a contest, and so there are many authors involved in this anthology. It features 12 stories from the ASU Imagination and Climate Futures Initiative's 2016 Climate Fiction Short Story Contest, along with a foreword by science fiction legend and contest judge Kim Stanley Robinson, and an interview with renowned climate fiction author Paolo Basicalupi. I'm fond of both of those authors and this collection. Everything Change is free to download, read, and share. Um, if you like Everything Change, you may also be interested in the ASU Center for Science and the Imagination. The title of this collection is drawn from a quote by Margaret Atwood, uh, ASU's first Imagination and Climate Futures lecturer in 2014. So this is such an interesting collection, and each of the stories has a different theme, a different setting, since they are all by different authors, uh, new authors who, this is their first big break, you know, their first chance to be featured in a anthology. And there were uh, many different people who applied. I was one of the people who applied. My story didn't make it in, but I'm excited to share the anthology anyway, because it's got a lot of thought-provoking stories about the climate crisis. So continuing with that series, there is an Everything Change Volume 2, which also has a forward by Kim Stanley Robinson. And uh, you can also get that from the ASU Center for Science and the Imagination. Well, actually from the ASU's Imagination and Climate Futures Initiative is where it has all of the links to these Everything Change editions. There's also an Everything Change Volume 3. I think they may have finished that series. I haven't seen word of a new Everything Change volume coming out. Um, so they, I'm not sure if they are still doing that contest, but we are very fortunate to have access to the previous short story anthologies. One of the things I like about short story anthologies, especially for climate fiction, is that it is a sort of a sampler pack. You get to read different authors and different styles, different focuses, and some of those stories may appeal to you more than others, but you can enjoy the ones you like and follow up with the authors, you know, follow them to see what else they've written. Along similar lines, uh, my favorite current project along those lines is the Imagine 2200 project from Gris.org. It's Imagine 2200, Climate Fiction for Future Ancestors. Um, they came out with a few of these. That They've just come out with the third one recently, which is part of why I wanted to share this list. And uh, yeah, it's a very impressive collection. The 
the 2024 collection is the one that just came out. And this short story contest celebrates stories that offer vivid, hope-filled, diverse visions of climate progress. From 1,000 submissions, the reviewers and judges selected the three winners and nine finalists you will discover in the collection. These stories are not afraid to explore the challenges ahead, but offer hope that we can work together to build a more sustainable and just world. The rich characters, lovingly sketched settings, and gripping plots, they welcome you into futures that celebrate who we are and what we can become, and we hope inspire you toward, to work toward them. Now, I may do a full review of this series uh, in a future episode because I'm a big fan. I'm partway through the series. It did come out quite recently, and they've got some wonderful stories in there. There's often themes of uh, different cultures, different languages, uh, LGBTQ themes, just about everything I'm looking for in climate fiction. Solutions, <laughs> a lot of focus on solutions as well. It's a great collection. And if you go to grist.org, you can get all of the details. It's Imagine 2200. There are also some other free options out there as well. Uh, a few of these were also associated with the ASU, uh, Arizona the University, that did the Everything Change project. One of them is The Weight of Light, a collection of solar futures. And this one is interesting in that it combines some aspects of... Uh, it's not just fiction. It's fiction stories, art, and essays exploring human futures powered by solar energy with an upbeat solar punk twist. This is once again from Arizona State University's Center for Science and the Imagination. And I don't think I've seen another book quite like this in that it, it presents fiction, but then also presents essays related to the fiction so that they are exploring the climate crisis and its solutions through both fiction and nonfiction in a single volume. And there are illustrations as well. Uh, there is now a, a, a print-on-demand copy, but, uh, so if you do want a physical copy of this one, it does now exist, but the digital copy, copy is available uh, through Arizona State University. And that was a, a great one. I really enjoyed that. Also, The Cities of Light was another good one, uh, along similar themes. A uh, collection of science fiction stories, art, and essays exploring how the transition to solar energy will transform cities, catalyze revolutions in politics, governance, and culture, and create diverse futures for human communities. So once again, they do the same theme with this, of having the fiction and the essays and the art. Uh, there's even audio versions of it as well, and a print-on-demand version. So these are wonderful ways in which we can explore through climate fiction and nonfiction simultaneously uh, how to address the climate crisis, what our responses may be, and what that may look like in real life. Uh, I know it's fiction, but part of what I love about climate fiction is that it can be very descriptive and imaginative in a way that nonfiction about climate seldom is because many of the things we are working on, we can describe what we currently have, but it's hard for nonfiction to describe things that have not happened yet. You can project a little bit, but in fiction, you can explore that in very rich and exciting ways. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Climate Book Review. You can get more information about the show at climatebookreview.com. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support the show by telling your friends, giving the show a five-star rating on your favorite podcast apps when it appears there, and donating to WDBX by visiting wdbx.org. Even if you are not living within the Southern Illinois region, if you're listening to this show, you can support WDBX at wdbx.org. Thank you to WDBX for broadcasting this and many other good shows. Thank you to Liborio Conti for the music. And thank you to Ed Hawkins for the Warming Stripes graphic that we use in our logo. Learn more about that at showyourstripes.info. Finally, thank you to everyone who is reading, writing, and taking action in response to the climate crisis. With our powers combined, we can make climate justice a reality.